You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two, Heroin, for updates. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leopold as he began to turn heads in the junior leagues. Well, he passed for Long, he's got Leopold with him. Long walks in, Sanders, goal! Leopold's a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends here Long back to Leopold. Attaboy, Brady! And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues. And it's Leopold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leopold throwing right after right and just connecting like crazy. Once I met Heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery, guys. This is episode number 38. 12 away from number 50 if you're following along. That one's going to have my dad Brian on it. I've been uh, talking about it. I'm actually more nervous for that one than uh, talking to anybody. Even talking to Hockey Hall of Famers like Doug Gilmore, guys like Theron Fleury. No, my dad, I'm way more nervous for that one. Um, guys, hopefully you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. You guys can check them out anywhere on social media at HockeyPodNet or their website, www.thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Guys, we are getting ready for the NHL to fire back up in full swing. Exhibition season's already started, or pre-playoff, whatever you want to call it. To be honest, guys, I don't know exactly uh, where we're at. Uh, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I do know that the NHL is starting back up, and I will be taking in a lot of hockey because I'm finally in a place where I can watch hockey and uh, not be upset and angry with myself that I'm not there playing too. Um, But guys, the Hockey Podcast Network has 31 podcasts, one for every single NHL team, whatever team you cheer for. We have a podcast for you, as well as other podcasts such as Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery, Tales with TR, a hockey podcast, uh, Ice Analytics, House of Hockey, the Fourth Line podcast, Guys, uh, we have something for everybody. Check them out at Hockey Podnet. Uh, of course, I have new episodes every Wednesdays and Saturdays. Guys, I wanted to quickly say uh, thank you to everybody for listening. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. Um, for everybody that's been supporting me uh, these past few months, uh, it's been incredible. And I'm extremely grateful. So thank you so much. Uh, there's just simply no words uh, that I can, you know, say that, you know, really 
uh, explains in full detail how it, how I'm feeling and how you guys have all made me feel uh, and the amount of hope that I have. I feel unstoppable uh, and it's a great, great feeling. Um, so thank you guys. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, guys, um, please uh, consider uh, supporting me on Patreon. Uh, I just kind of am starting to get on there. Uh, originally, guys, I was like, ah, it's kind of tacky asking for uh, you know, donations or almost like tips, but however, uh, you know, I'm gonna do it. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a couple different tier systems. If you're not familiar with Patreon, check it out patreon.com/slash hockey to heroin. That's my page, and I'm gonna be putting out new content on there. Uh, and then, you know, paying subscribers, you know, monthly subscription, it could be like two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty, up to fifty. Um, and I'm going to be putting stuff together for my subscribers. So if you know, depending on what level you want to, uh, you know, contribute, I, I appreciate it all. But depending on what level uh, you want to contribute, how much money you want to uh, contribute, um, I'm going to send you uh, different packages for the different levels. Uh, all the stuff that I'm doing, uh, whether it's stuff from Team Issued Limited, stuff from Sovereign, if you're over 19. Uh, but even if you're not, you know, I'll be uh, be able to give uh, CBD and stuff because I have sponsorships from Sovereign Extracts um, and, of course, Team Issue Limited, guys. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to get some signed pictures, try to get some signed pictures of my guests. Um, so all the different levels, uh, you know, I'm going to try to make it uh, exciting and worth your while. Um, and ultimately, it's going to help me and my family because, listen, guys, I'm broke. Um, six months clean. I feel amazing. Uh, but my bank account is not amazing. Uh, and to be honest, I just opened my first bank account uh, in the first bank account in 10 years. No joke. Um, and right now I have $6 in my bank account. I think I started with 20 and I, I spent it like literally. But guess what? I don't even care. I have everything that I need and I keep working hard. And thank you so much for the support. But if you want to help uh, support me and my family, please uh, check me out on Patreon. Um, it's really exciting. I'm going to put together really nice things. Uh, for my patron, uh, patrons, they're called. Um, so thank you so much, guys. Um, I wish, I wish I was recording in the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio, but I'm not. I talk to Matt Thompson every day. He is coming down soon. Uh, we can't wait to finish the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio. I was talking to Nancy Lashinsky yesterday. Um, guys, Matthew Lashinsky was drafted uh, in the second round by the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL. Uh, back in the early 2000s, he broke into the OHL as a 17-year-old, uh, played parts of two seasons uh, for the Greyhounds uh, before running into some troubles off the ice um, and ultimately being, uh, you know, let go by the Sioux. Uh, that's another story for another day. Um, but what happened after that was, uh, you know, a life of mental health and addiction um, for Matthew Lashinsky, and unfortunately, we lost him to an overdose in 2017. Uh, I mention this every podcast, guys, and I will continue to mention it every podcast. I didn't know Matthew Lashinsky. Um, after I launched the very first episode of Hockey to Heroin Road to Recovery, I spammed Facebook. If you had a profile picture that had anything to do with hockey, I was adding you, and I was going to send you my podcast in hopes that you would listen to it. And thankfully, by the grace of God, so many people, uh, you know, were, have been so supportive. Uh, one in particular was Matt Thompson. Uh, Matt Thompson's become one of my best friends. Uh, but he reached out after not being on social media for five years, guys. He created social media about the same day I launched, it, launched 
hockey to Aaron Road to recovery, which is kind of incredible. So I just miraculously found him, sent him a message, just not even saying, hey, not personalized, just a message with a link to my podcast. Uh, he ended up listening, thankfully, um, and immediately he sent me a message and said, hey, your story sounds so much like my friend's. This is my friend, Matthew Lashinsky. He's not around anymore. You should be so lucky. You should wake up every morning and be grateful that it wasn't you. And uh, since that moment, I've never forgotten that. And it's not that I didn't know that before, but you know, after learning about Matt Lashinsky, I was like, man, I'm gonna recreate this studio in his honor. Uh, and shortly thereafter, I, I started hearing uh, more sad stories, uh, very similar to him. And we're gonna get into one uh, very shortly. Um, but guys, it's just so tragic and that it's just, we're not ever going to forget any of these guys or girls, uh, suicide, addiction, all of that. The Puck Support Foundation, guys, check it out, pucksupport.com or anywhere at social media at Puck Support. Okay, the website is a work in progress. It's more of a coming soon page just with the videos on there. Uh, it's just me. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've pretty much dissolved the Puck Support Foundation. Uh, we were building a team of board directors and we decided to go in a different direction. Um, I don't need to get, we're all still friends, we're all still getting along, um, but my vision is to incorporate the plant medicines a little bit more um, than what others um, feel at this point they're comfortable getting involved with and that's okay and I, I totally respect and appreciate where they're coming from. But you know what feels right in my heart is, is what I'm doing. Um, and with, you know, CBD, uh, cannabis, when used properly, guys, like, you know what? I've said this on my, my videos, but I will say it here. I have kids. They're going to play hockey. I already have kids that are playing hockey. My son back home in Vancouver is playing hockey. If he came here for a tournament, I was watching him and he broke his arm and he had to get a cast. And the doctor was like, hey, here's some morphine for the pain. I'd say, hold up there, doc. Hold up for a second. I would talk to my son actually I wouldn't even have to talk to him because he would already be informed because I'm this is what I'm already doing um, unfortunately I haven't talked to my son in a few years but I'm working towards that but what I'm doing is educating okay and I would say hey Brody before you and hey doc before you give my 12 year old or 13 year old son morphine let's try this CBD THC gummy and let's see how that works uh, before we go to prescription opiates uh, and if you think that that's wrong, check yourself. Seriously, check yourself. We're talking about plants here. We're talking about natural occurring substances where the pharmaceutical companies have been ripping off nature for hundreds and hundreds, well, not hundreds of years. I don't know how long pharmaceutical companies have been around, 100 years maybe, not even. But the damage they're doing, guys, is insane. I look at my arms every single day, my track marks from being an IV drug user. Thank you, OxyContin. I would have never been a heroin addict if it wasn't for prescription painkillers. I can I can 100% say that. There's just no way I would have went searching for heroin or fentanyl. It was like that was like growing up. It was like that was like that number one. No, 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 no. I even did a project in school about heroin and about addiction and all of it. Just I don't even know why I picked heroin. It was just you know okay this is what I'm gonna do. It was the most severe drug, so I'm gonna pick it because I'm the most extreme person. That was my thinking, I think. And uh, here I was, and I, I turned into a heroin addict. But what I'm saying, I want to get back to it, guys. I want to get into the episode. But here, think about the alternatives. I want to bring CBD and plant medicines. And yes, I talked about it. I am microdosing mushrooms. I'm not ever gonna advocate that for kids. But guess what? 
Again, if my teenage son is feeling depressed or diagnosed with ADD or bipolar, and the doctor's like, here, here's some antidepressants. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say, let's look at other alternatives first. At least let's get educated. What is this medicine that the doctor's about to give, give you? What is it? What is this medicine that the doctor's about to give your kids? What is it? Get on Google, ask questions, get second opinions. Guys, and don't be quick to shut down new alternatives because in the past they've been labeled as dangerous and bad by our parents, by police, by teachers. I'm talking like weed, you know, cannabis, hemp. There's endless, endless healing properties, guys, when used properly. And so I want to help educate. And Riley Cote is the guy. Played for the Philadelphia Flyers. Listen to episode 31 and 32. We had two episodes about the healing properties of plant medicines. And with the kids, guys, I envision, and Riley's already doing this, but I envision hockey schools up here in Canada where, yeah, we're teaching hockey and, and teaching them how to be good humans and, and teaching them how to be kind, uh, teaching them how to eat properly and exercise, uh, teaching them about real life, about managing money, about, you know, just living in the real world. Because guess what? We're not teaching our kids these things in school and in hockey and all these things. I wasn't taught. I certainly wasn't taught about credit, about any of this shit. So building a program to teach kids all about it and included in that program, guys, is hemp and CBD and teaching kids alternatives to pain medications and also informing them at a young age what's going to happen when you get injured, when you go to the doctor's office, what is the conversation going to be like and that to empower them to ask questions and empower them that it's okay to say no to a doctor or to, you know, to want to get more information. Anyways, guys, that's all I have to say about that. Um, quickly, uh, today is day seven, no, day eight of microdosing, okay? Um, so I did five days on, two days off. Now I'm back to day one on. And I just quickly wanted to mention to you guys because people have expressed their concerns about me microdosing because I'm an addict, okay? And I completely understand where they're coming from. And I'll be honest, um, you know, I was thinking about it in a sense, like, okay, on these days off, how am I gonna, how am I gonna manage? Because, you know, I'm liking the way that the microdosing is making me feeling. It, I don't notice I don't get high. I'm obviously not hallucinating. Um, it just makes me feel a little bit lighter, a little bit happier. It's like a natural antidepressant. Um, I, I'm focused. And uh, so these two days off, guys, um, I was a little bit worried that, you know, my addict was going to be like, okay, let's just do it today too. But no, I actually felt so great. I, I did my first two workouts on my two days off. I wasn't even thinking like, hey, I want to do it. No, because it's not fulfilling that same instant gratification that heroin and fentanyl and cocaine and crystal meth and all the stuff I was doing did for me. Like it wasn't like I do it and it's like, oh, it's taking away that pain. It's taking away that instant relief. No, 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 no. And it's not, you know, with heroin, I had to do it to not be sick. No, guys, this is just, I don't even notice it really, but I do notice it. So it's not like, oh, I'm looking forward where I'm dependent on it. It's hard to explain. But listen, all I ask is that you get educated. And if you consider microdosing mushrooms, this is my suggestion. Obviously, 19 years and older for now until there's more research, unless you talk to your parents and your doctor and everybody else, okay? 
Number two, um, now I forget what I was saying because I just want to be sure that, you know, 19 plus, I, I need to be careful. I'm not advocating an illegal substance, even though I should, don't think it should be illegal. It's a schedule three with mushrooms, but we're, I'm going to help break down the walls to bring it to the forefront because listen, I truly believe in this. I truly believe in this. Um, and here's the thing. I see Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. I'm not saying that I'm going to be the Prince of Mushrooms. There's already guys doing it. But I've talked to people. I'm prepared to go to jail for this cause because I believe in it. They should decriminalize it because guess what? It's It grows in the ground and it's so helpful. And we just need to educate. Just educate. Yes, number two. Before you make a decision, I took a month. Over a month. It was over a month. I've been thinking about it for years, but I took a month. A month of research. I consulted my methadone doctor i consulted my psych i consulted my mental health counselor i consulted my addiction counselor i consulted riley cote i consulted josh Groton, and i consulted a naturopath doctor and of course my girlfriend and family so i made the right decisions i got educated i did so much reading i watched documentaries videos all of it then i decided okay this is the right decision for me and now i'm eating healthier i'm working out i'm doing breath work meditation there's a whole process we'll get into that on another episode but guys if you want more information listen to episode 31 and 32 with riley cote um and also if you want to get into the microdose mushrooms after doing your research go to microdosemushrooms.com you can use promo code h2h25 that's hockey to heroin 25 to get 25 percent off please 19 years of older uh if you have any questions you can contact me and i can help uh put you in uh, direct contact with people that I could talk to that have educated me. Um, anyways, guys, that's it for the intro. Let's get right in to episode 38. I thought I was going to be a mom that was going to watch her kids grow old, and that's simply not what happened. Over to miss pass now. Johnson picks it up, passes it up to Miller. Miller deeks around the defender. He has it on his forehand. Rister scored. November 19th, 2014, my family got the worst phone call. That's every single person's worst nightmare. Are you Aaron Miller's, are you Chad Miller's mom? Yeah. You need, guys need to get to Chicago as fast as you can. You know, he's, he's with his girlfriend, the hockey coaches are here and, uh, and they suspect a drug overdose. So we get there, and yes, he is on life support, and uh, we, it's tough. There he lied, 21 years old, lifeless, with machines breathing for him. Two days before, my parents were just there, watching him at the showcase tournament. So I'm wondering, how does this happen? I literally don't know how this happened. I don't, I don't know how this can happen. I'm like, how did he get heroin? Like, he doesn't even have any money. So the, for the first four days, I prayed for a miracle. Because I don't know what else you're supposed to pray for. This is my son. 
he's this Canadian boy that is going to university and now laying in a hospital bed with the worst case scenario. Six days and uh, they started saying that there was not going to be a miracle. He was brain dead and uh, we had to make the decision to uh, slowly take him off life support. Yeah, we had to make arrangements for him to come home. Thank God I live in a community where everyone knows us. Like, thank God we have Portage. After he died, I went to the deepest, darkest places. The shame, the regret, the guilt, the post-traumatic stress syndrome had me spiraling downhill. Despite every single thing I was doing to be his voice, I was losing. And I needed to accept the story that he was no longer gonna be coming back and that I was gonna make some big purpose. I went out to rewrite Chad's story. He was not just a drug addict. He was not just anything. He was my son. And in the process, I rewrote the story of our lives. Miller Strong, rewrite your story, take a stand, and turn your past into your superpower. I want everyone to know who Chad Miller was. Because if you were lucky enough to meet Chad Miller, you didn't forget him. It's hard to talk about these things, but Chad was 21 years old. I didn't want anyone to ever forget him and I really and I really got motivated and uh, I'm really really proud to be his mom. Welcome to the Miller Strong family where everyone is welcome and we don't leave anyone behind. Alright guys, without further ado, I got tears in my eyes. Uh, episode 38. Uh, from Manitoba, Portage La Prairie. Thank you so much, Aaron Miller. Wow, you didn't tell me you were doing that. <laughs> you just asked to come off on a podcast with you at four in the morning. <laughs> and now it's just four in the morning. And you didn't tell me that's what you were gonna say about me. <laughs> Thank you. Well Thank you. And I just and I didn't really know what you were gonna say about yourself. Oh I knew I knew what you were gonna say about yourself because you and I became friends like how long ago now? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for, you know, since, you know, I heard the story and like, you know. Yeah, I know, but I've been so busy. I know this, we've been both busy, right? You're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. So today is a double blessing. Thank yeah. you for uh, allowing us to, uh, you know, share the story kind of differently. I want to, I want to tell you something. I know where you learned to vote heroin and fentanyl and all these kinds of things but I'm going to tell you where I heard about those kinds of drugs I am 43 years old today I work in the operating room at the Portage District General Hospital as an operating room waiting clerk and I became, kind of came like the girl Friday there so that's where I learned about fentanyl it is checked by it is ordered by one doctor when it gets ordered it is checked by the next doctor and then it's checked by the nurse and then it's checked by the next nurse, and then it's checked again by the doctor that's administrating it. That's what fentanyl is. That's where I learned about it. 
And then Narcan is right beside with two registered doctors when someone's on an operating room table in case they need to wake them up. That's how I learned about those drugs. And I would think that most professional people would have learned about those drugs also in that way. It's appalling to me that you had to learn about those drugs on the street. And I am so sorry you did. And I'm glad you are a voice today. So thank you. Thank you, Erin. You are a survivor. You are a survivor. And I, and you know, right now I can't even, I know about your story and, and, and people, there'll be different people listening today than have been listening to you before, right? Yep. And so this is where I take a stand. This is where, this is where I learned about these drugs, right? We looked through Chad's chart. You know, I mean, he had such little drugs in his system. Such lit, like, like you will be appalled when you read his chart, Brady, because you'll, you know, once I actually get to meet you, you know, we've had professional people, like you just said, you had professional people looking after you, whatever. We've, we've had all sorts of analysts looking through all our charts, right? This is our family history. And in, in, and today, you know, I started taking a stand. It was beautiful that you said that I started a foundation. But you know what happened to me the day after I started Miller Strong 17 Foundation to change the world one time, one person at a time? Because I'm looking for a missing woman from my hometown. Her name is Amber McFarland. I live in a town of 14,000 people. My best friend is Lori McFarland. I leaned on her like nobody's business. Right? Yeah. And I said to her, the only thing that could be worse than Chad's story, I hate to take every, I'll swear here, I hate every fucking thing about Chad's story. The only thing that would be worse is if you didn't know where your child was. And I'm guessing, Brady, there have been times when your mother, your father, your girlfriend, your girlfriend's parents, your children didn't know where you were at one point. Yep. Right? Absolutely, Aaron. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off, but you know it's my. You maybe haven't read too much about my story, but like in the intro, you heard I'm I'm bringing my dad on, who was a retired. I know. I can't wait to listen. Yeah, he's a retired firefighter, and he had to retire early because he was going to so many overdoses, and he was worried that it was going to be me, and it was just like post traumatic stress. So, like, you know, my dad actually said that when you know when when I was in jail. That's when he was most happy because he knew I was safe and he knew where I was, right? It's just crazy. So um, let's, you know, I just quickly want to say this too. And, you know, this is obviously in memory of Chad. And it's, I just want to share this story quick because it's, it's kind of funny in a sense because when I, so I had first heard your story, I think someone shared it with me and then I, I reached out to you or someone shared my story and you reached out to me. I can't remember. But thank God, we, Dylan, thank God that Dylan, we were able to connect. And yeah, it was Dylan Martin, Dylan Martin, Chad's best friend from Chicago. That's how Dylan okay. Martin, he's coaches the team down there. Yeah. You don't remember him? Oh, I know who Dylan is very, uh, yeah, very, very how. well. Because then Dylan messages me, or I think he messages both of us. You guys got to connect right now, right? Yeah. For sure. Actually, I, I, I spoke to, I spoke to Dylan yesterday, actually. And, uh, he, um, yeah, he sent me a, uh, a video that he sent to, to you for a party, um, 
and actually I was going to feature it as, as part of the intro and I was hoping that he was going to be able to record um, something more directly to you, but we just weren't able to make it happen. Um, but it's thank okay, you. It's on my YouTube channel. It's on my YouTube channel. It's the double double on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I That's have, I have that one so I can, I could put it in at the end, but I, I was hoping that, you know, I wanted to get a, an updated message from him uh, for you and for the listeners uh, just to, to update him, uh, just, you know, share his experience a little bit with losing his best friend. And obviously he's doing amazing things. We can talk about that too, but uh, I wanted to share this story about you know originally i heard through dylan he connected us so thank you to dylan and uh <laughs> i thought that chad was your brother um not that it makes it any less sad it is still terribly tragic but you know you were Aww. very young very young you're 15 brady, when you had chad right brady this has been kind of a little bit of a problem our whole life honestly because when he was younger people thought i was his babysitter and then, and then, you know, for a while, I was his mom, right? People knew I was his mom. And then when he moved to Chicago, when I got to Chicago, they thought I was his girlfriend. Yeah. But I think they were just trying to tease him. I think they were teasing him. But then Dylan said, no way, Aaron. They weren't teasing. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I can imagine, right? And, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Chad's birthday is August 20th and mine's the 21st. Uh, so we're very close. Uh, our birthdays are very close. We have that uh, similarity, but both Leos. Um, but talk about your experience uh, as a, you know, as a mom, because I, I know the story a little bit, but talk about, you know, what it was like to have Chad at 15 years old and, and the experiences you went through there. Well, honestly, it's all in my book. Every single thing is in my book. And I, you know, I mean, I, I want people to take my book and read it. And this is what the experience it was in 1995, 1993, when I got pregnant with a Métis boy. Yep. Okay. So I would like people to start by the intro of my book, which is my foreword is written by Lori McFarland, the woman that I'm looking for, her daughter, my best friend. And then you can look at the story of how we became Miller Strong. And we don't want to be Miller Strong. <laughs> the only thing I've ever prayed for since I started believing in God that he would actually do this to me, right? Is that he would only let me change the world one person at a time. So that's what I started doing. And today it's a beautiful blessing for me to get to watch my Miller Strong family grow old. So it is my privilege and honor as looking white Thunderbird woman from the Buffalo clan representing um, what Métis proud is, Métis strong, Chad just got recognized. This is the first time I'm on a podcast that he just was recognized a certificate of honor to be Métis strong, Chad Miller awesome. in recognition. Yeah, but listen to this. This is a beautiful blessing today. And when you read my story, you'll, you will see more about what Métis, how Miller Strong became Métis Strong and how, you know, it's, it's beautiful. But it says, in recognition of your dedication, strength, passion, and hard work throughout your young life, the spirit of a true Métis. You know, Chad wanted to make it into the NHL. And he got so close, he got to the change room of the Chicago Blackhawks after he separated his shoulder. 
you know, that's where he got to. And the head athletic trainer of the Chicago Blackhawks helped him. They gave him physio. They gave him all these sorts of opportunities. He got to go probably hang out with uh, Jonathan Hayes or Toes or whatever his last name is. You know, the guy that plays for the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah. yeah. You know him? Well, I don't, I don't know, know him personally, him personally, but of course I know him. He's also from uh, Manitoba. Yeah, he's from Mike. Well, this is where the Miller Strong office is, right beside him. He lives around here somewhere. Yeah. He grew up. He grew up just down the road here. So, anyway, so I'm I'm just thinking, oh, wouldn't that be awesome for Chad to be there? That it was awesome for Chad to be there and rehabilitating himself, right? That was a beautiful blessing. But at the same time, one of the things they gave him. But th- remember, this was way back when 2013, right? They gave him Vicodin. Also, in addition to those things. But then I found out what Vicodin was. It's, it's pill form heroin. Yep. Do I think that that guy thought that, that he, that's what he was doing to Chad Miller? Absolutely not. I absolutely do not think the head athletic trainer that let Chad Miller, a Canadian boy, go into their change room to get rehabilitated because he was a pretty good player. Right? Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Who knows if they ever were going to get him to play on their team? Who knows? But Reed Simpson was his coach. He's an alumni for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Right? If, if they wanted Chad to play. I mean, they say that Chad had golden hands. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> but, 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 but he scored a lot of goals, and he had a lot of people protecting him when, when he was on the ice. He, he stirred it up, I guess. You know, you guys will understand that, the people that played hockey more than I can as his mom. Yeah. For right? Sure. I, just, I just went there to watch. I just went there to watch him, make sure he got there on time, <laughs> make sure he had. And and then all of a sudden, there's a big problem. Now, all of a sudden, every game, we're going through $300 sticks. That's why I told you I want to buy that stick from you. It never breaks. Yeah. Verbero. Check it out. These uh, Verbero is uh, unbelievable. Their sticks is the lightest, most balanced stick on the market. And yeah, they... They're the most durable for sure, but yeah, it, yeah, it so, gets expensive. And you were like, you're a pretty young mom, right? And and it gets no, expensive. but if it wasn't for my parents, yeah. my parents, like I don't know, do you know about my parents? George no. Miller. No. Well, George and Mona Miller. So George Miller, we, my family came from Elm Creek, Manitoba, to Portage La Prairie to play junior hockey. I forget, okay. my dad was like 16 or something, and then they won the Centennial Cup. So. Your dad will remember about this. They were like the team. Okay. I think it's like 1972, 73 or something. So they're the Cornish Terriers that started, you know, and then later on in life, my dad did the Save the Terrier campaign and all this kind of stuff. So um, it's pretty cool because if it wasn't for my parents investing in Chad, right, because every generation is supposed to get wherever they were supposed to go, right? He was, if you look at, if you lined all the Millers up on the blue line, pretty cool cool. (laughs) absolutely no i you know it's so nice to hear you uh your positivity because i've listened and there's there's quite a few uh different speaking engagements available on on youtube and uh different podcast sites for anybody that wants to to hear more from you uh but i've listened to them and you know well, you know, tomorrow even, I'm on a podcast. I'm on a po- or I'm on some sort of interview tomorrow with this lady from. Well, I'm not doing it yet because this one, this lady from the New York Times has been following me for a very, very long time, and she wants to do an interview with me. And I said I'm not doing it until I can sit down with you. Yeah. Right. So I'm hanging out in my office in Winnipeg, Manitoba, trying. I guess we're at a crossroads. You know. 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 really interesting times, uh, but I I really I I do have hope that things are gonna get back to to sort of normal, and I think everyone just needs to stick together more than ever, uh, just to remember yeah. that, you know, that just to be kind. I hear you talk about it all the time, but we'll get into that. I just want to quickly touch back on on Chad. So, you know. You're very thankful and grateful that your parents stepped up and and helped financially. I know my grandparents helped my dad tremendously too. So, you know, without their support, I would have never been able to have all the experiences. And so thank you. I want to give a shout out to my my grandparents who who are all passed away. But, but, um, you know, so when he, when he makes the decision, uh, to leave home to go to Illinois, uh, what what's the mood like are you you guys are all pretty excited it's a great opportunity for him to go play junior and then he's gonna go play uh college no i think it's just a beautiful blessing because he was playing in botno and going to school in botno north dakota for his first year of going to school but then there was some sort of international rules that changed and they were only allowed to have like two players on their team and like honestly I don't really think Chad was really that motivated to go to school. He was more motivated just to have fun. I got a message the other day from one of his friends that said, Chad used to get up at four o'clock in the morning, wake up the team, the hockey team and make them breakfast. He was more interested in being the trainer, not really going to school. Right. So then, but then uh, Reed Simpson. So I was married to Ryan Simpson. Uh, That is Chad's stepfather. uh, Awesome. Awesome. Stepfather uh, took Chad everywhere. Right. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Ryan, we wouldn't have been, Chad wouldn't have been able to get the opportunity he got either, right? So Reed Simpson now, Ryan's brother, is opening or, or buying or whatever this, he bought a team, I guess. He bought a team down in Chicago and he's a retired NHL person. And uh, so they invite Chad to go to the training camp. Well, of course Chad's going to make it. He's like their best player. I know he's going to be their best player because he wants it, right? And he's yeah. really good. He got really good at hockey, like, when he was younger. So he went there, and it was so exciting. I got to meet the Billet family. You know, I mean, it was so it was so awesome. But then things kind of, like, the first year was awesome, awesome. I'd go down there. People would have signs. Like, they were, they were everyone wanted Chad Miller's signature. And I was like, that's so cool. And then I'd walk around, and people would say, that's Chad Miller's mom. And I'm like, damn right, I am Chad Miller's mom. <laughs> Except for that one time when they thought I was, girlfriend that we talked about <laughs> but we got that cleared up we got that cleared up pretty damn fast i'll tell you that much i'm his mother <laughs> but his billet mom karen was exactly like me so i knew he was in good hands i knew he was in good hands it was beautiful and we, i actually just talked to karen the other day and uh so she was an eat so we'll just fast forward a little bit then so she's an emergency room nurse in chicago she finds out chad was given vicodin she says to me, big problem. I said, why? What, 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 what's the problem with that? She goes, Aaron, you got it. this is weird. It's horrible. That opioid crisis, all this kind of stuff. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Right in 2000 and, I don't know, like 2013, I guess, right? So I started doing the research on that at that time, right? So I've been following this for a very, very long time. Yeah. And, and- it's not good. No, it's 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 absolutely horrible. I've lost a lot of friends and acquaintances to the opioid crisis. Um, what was your initial reaction, and and how did you respond uh, to Chad? Because you know, originally 
it's not like he was originally out seeking this stuff. Like this was a uh, somebody that he trusted, a doctor, and like you said, you you believe that the doctor was just trying to help. And I think in a lot of cases that's true, but I think in a lot of cases, well, not anymore. Not not. A, I'm going to interrupt you right now. Not anymore. We've been educated. We have been educated now. I've been educating people since the day that happened. So we've been educated. If people still continue to do that on purpose, with purpose and intention, for personal gain, you have already all been educated. Shame on you. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, I just think that there's so many, and I I think that that. there's so many pills out there and so many pharmaceutical companies that are all, you know, vying for the dollar, the almighty dollar, whatever the medication is, it doesn't have to be an opiate. I I mean, there's so many different opiates too, but I mean, just think about all the different pills and all the money and these, these companies just, they, they, they pay the, the higher ups to tell the doctors to, to what to prescribe. And, And most of these doctors have no idea. No idea what this stuff is. Well, wait till you guys look through my chart. All of a sudden, I'm very sick. I have the only thing that I have ever been diagnosed with is complicated grief. Fucking right, I have complicated grief and complex PTSD. Yeah, I had to watch my son die of starvation in the United States. Many reasons how I got there, but he was breathing on his own. When his heart stopped, he was in my arms. And I said to him, right, Chicago police already warned us about this. But I mean, that's all in my book. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't want to go too far back because I actually want people to read my book. 100%. And I'll, and, give, it to, I'll and, give it to you for free. I don't care. Like my, my publicist only has one book left. I think we have one or two books left. I said, how did this happen where we have no books left? She goes, because we sold out. Everybody amazing. wants to read your book. And I said, that's good. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. And that's yeah, start. definitely. So, I will. Um, yeah, so on this podcast, she's going to be listening later today. She's going to be listening later today. And when she's listening, can you please give her your phone number so she can call you? Because she'd like to get you. Did you read my book yet? No, I, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to read it. But as soon as I get my hands on it, I will. I love to read. I, I used to hate to read. And now I love it. Right. So. Well, yeah, because you're learning when you're reading. That's the only reason why people buy books. They buy books to get help. Or because they want to be in, they want to be part of something. That's why people buy Michelle Obama's book. That's why people buy Ellen DeGeneres' book, right? Yep. Yep. So that's and why people buy my book. Yeah, and okay, you, I want to ask you one question. Sure. Okay. So, do you know your superpower, Brady? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, honestly, if I had to answer that question. Um, my superpower, and this sounds like, um, this is kind of crazy because of all this shit that I've done in my addiction, but honestly, I'm very kind and very generous. Like, um, I could care less about the stuff I have. Like if somebody sees, like if I'm like a, for, I'm with a friend and they're like, Oh, that's a nice shirt or that's a nice hat. I'd be like, you want it? Like, here, I'll take it off right now and give it to you. Like I'd rather, I, I love to make other people feel good. It, it makes me feel good. I don't know if that is the superpower, but um, being kind, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I, okay. I think. Well, ahead. Brady, I already know you know how to rewrite your story because I've heard it. And then I really want you to read my book so you can learn what your superpower is. If you guys actually read to the end of my book, everyone will know what their superpower is. So, it's being. Yeah. You. Everyone has their own superpower. 
Huh. That's uh, I really like that. I'm yeah, actually, but you guys better read my book. It's uh, gonna help so many people. I no, I know, I know it well. I I can already tell you, I I know it well, and I think there's a lot of lessons in there. We have a lot to learn from Chad as a person. Uh, a lot to learn from Chad's story, um, and then we have a lot to learn from from you and, and how you've, you know, the things that because honestly, you're you're the one that is still here and, and dealing. Yeah. You dealt with all the grief. Um, and you, like you said, were the one that had to sit there with him in your arms um, while he took his last breath. And, and I could not fucking imagine. Like, just stop for a second if you're listening to this and, and try to picture that as horrible as that is. But Christ, is that ever horrible? Like, so. But you guys know what? You guys know what? I left him my lucky dollar. I got to pick out what I was going to wear. He was going to dress in. I got to decide a lot of things for him, like being a donor. He was a successful donor of his eyes. Amazing. So when you, the only thing that could be worse, like I always say, is that if you didn't know where your child was, I knew exactly where he was. He was sacrificed. He, he's swirling Thunderbird man. He comes from the Buffalo clan. You know, there's a lot of amazing blessings here. And, um, yeah, you know, to, to think that a woman's freedom would be taken away in 2018 for launching a foundation in memory of her son, Chad Miller, called Miller's Son 17 Foundation. The next day, every one of my human rights was taken away because I refused to take their medication because I got better. I went back to Portage the Prairie, my hometown, Copa Class Community Club, where Chad got really good at hockey. On, on the 10-year anniversary of my best friend's daughter that went missing from the local bar. 10 years before that, I was on those initial searches. Lori McFarland and me, two moms, we're taking a stand. We want to get awareness to where this girl might be. Yeah. Well, guess what? The next day, we got awareness. Aaron Miller escorted out of Porter's Prairie in the back of a police car. Form 4 under the Mental Health Act, which means you are a harm to yourself or somebody else. Well, oh, I've been, I've been, family. I've been taken many of times like that, Aaron. You're not alone. Yeah, but you probably were a harm to yourself, yes. right? Yes, yes, I was. Do you think I was a harm to myself when I launched the foundation in memory of my son? No, I. Or think... who do you think I was a harm to? So what? Because you wouldn't take medication, a prescription medication, and uh, you were feeling better because now you had hope. Um, because you could now be Chad's voice, and instead of living in yeah. darkness and in sorrow, yeah, I said, I said um, the only the only thing that's different here as I walk in this door is that I believe in God's purpose. Because I turned to God in 2017, Ben Mandel told me the only thing left you have to do is pray. I did that. It's in my book. What am I supposed to do? I walked into Chad's bedroom. I'm 210 pounds. I'm an organ failure. I can't drive anymore. I'm peeing my pants. Because I'm on 12 different prescription medications. And I'm trying to get off of them. So I quit. I had to, I had to, I had to leave there. I had to quit my job as the executive director. for this hospital. Because I needed to get that far away to be able to do my job. So yeah, I'm building a new hospital in Portage. Yeah. And it's sad. You know what I mean? It's sad that um, that's the world that we live in. That people are so... I shouldn't say people. Some people are so 
brainwashed almost by the medical community um, and this pharmaceutical. And I don't want to get too into it because I don't really care too much to talk about it that much. Today. No, no, no. But I mean, I, but, I, 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 have, an but inter- you, I have an interview with this. Yeah. You, Aaron, were pumped full of Medicaid meds because you lost your son um, and in a tragic uh, overdose and, and had to go through all of that horrible, horrible shit. Um, did okay. any but of these doctors, did any of these doctors or any of these people stop to maybe consider and put themselves in your shoes? So because you were getting well, empowered and you're like, hey, I want to stop stop this and get back to myself and, and, and progress and get hope, uh, you were ridiculed and ultimately your, your freedom was taken away. Yeah, so I, I messaged Dr. Finney, Dr. Brett Finney. Listen, you started this. You can stop it. You read my chart. Erin became a scuba diver. She's going traveling. She carries a basket. She, she, she's grandiose. I'm like, don't you think I've been grandiose my whole fucking life? Who do you think built the second certified heliport in Manitoba? The community of Portageville Prairie, including you guys. Grandio. Yeah, and, and so people, don't that? Like that. people don't like no. that. People don't like that because they, they they get intimidated by by people. only like it when they, they 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 only like it when you think that they're on your team. I thought everyone was on my team. Dr. Ross, every single person. We need a new hospital. We need better leadership. Right? We need change. You tell me. You go around the street tomorrow and ask somebody, is there one thing you would change in Ma- in Manitoba, Canada, or the world today? And the- and you will hear change over and over and over again. Of course we need change. We need leadership change. We're in a disaster. Yeah. I my agree. daughter doesn't even know where she's... My, my grandson, so Ch- Chad, had a baby, right? Oh. Do, do you know about that? I did not know that. Yeah. So after Chad passed away... About two months after we sent what? Jamie back to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you didn't know them. Yeah, because you don't really know us. I've never even met you yet. Yeah, no, I, I have a grandson. His name is Keaton Crosby. I got to name his middle name, and I named it Crosby because Chad always liked the best player, right? And before Chad died, him and I watched. Well, I hope he was watching with me, but he was we were watching his Sidney Crosby game, I guess. He was watching so, with you. I, uh, you, you better I believe so. he was watching with you, and he's watching right now. So, so yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Sydney Crosby would want to come to the Billy Strong Golf Tournament. That's pretty amazing. It would be a pleasure to meet him. Hundred percent, it would. So tell me more about. So tell me more about the son. Tell me more about your grandson. How how did this come yeah. about? Did you you knew that the gr- that you were having a, a grandbaby, or was it a surprise? Oh, it's a total surprise. Jamie and and, and uh, Chad, they're going out for like two years. Jamie's freaking awesome. She's from Chicago. That is her whole. That's Chad's whole life. That's why he is setting back down there now to go to college. Right? Game over for making it to the NHL. He's going to college now. So he goes down there, and you know he he falls in love with Jamie over and over again. Right? She's come up here. We know her only as like. Well, no, I've met her many times. She's a beautiful person. So she comes up to the funeral because she was. Well, I don't want to share too much about what happened with yeah. her because yep. it's her. It's hard. It's hard, right? But basically, um, I, after Chad passed, uh, after the funeral, she left and went back to Chicago, and I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. How how would I know if I'd ever see her again? I hope one day I would, right? 
again, two months later, I get a call from her aunt, Erin, are you sitting down? Should I be? Yeah, Jamie's pregnant. Seriously? And later on, they tell me it's a boy. Wow. I'm like, well, that's a beautiful blessing. But so then, guess what day he's born? Father's Day in Chicago. Shut he's up. Born in, he's, born on, he's born in Chicago on Father's Day. Wow. And so Jamie, so I got to go down there for like the baby shower and like all Chad's friends were there. Like, and I'm sorry, everyone. I don't remember everyone's name, but I know you're all part of the Miller Strong family. I only probably knew you by Chad telling me who you were, right? I don't know all his friends that were down there, but like Dylan, for instance, he was there, right? So we went down to the shower and then we got everything she needed, uh, you know, for when the baby was going to be born. We didn't really know what the plan was going to be, but as soon as she was either going to go in labor or we would head down there, me, my mom, my dad, and Kaylee. So now we're heading back to Chicago in a different way, right? We're going to see Chad's child be born. Wow. And so it's so cool. So cool. So cool. So I bring some stuff down from Canada, you know, like a made in Canada hat or uh, yeah, half, half Canadian or something hat. We got it all sewn up. My friend Lorena Mandel did it. And uh, so, yeah, it was beautiful. So I got to spend a lot of time with him when he was first born because Jamie ended up having to have a cesarean section. So that's very hard on a mother. Yeah. And so I got to, she, she had invited me to make sure that I could be with her. She, she got to have one person from each, each side of the family. Or, like, she got to have two people. How about we just say it this way? She could have two people, and she chose me to be one of them. That's amazing. And so I'm forever grateful to her for that That is probably, that just made my entire day, week, everything. I, that is such an incredible story. What a blessing. The, the Miller name yeah, so, carries on. Like, yeah, so fast forward to 2020. Keaton has his own radio station. What? He were, yeah, it's Scotty and Keaton in the morning. So Scotty now is Keaton's father, right? Yeah. His, his role model. His, and he comes from a beautiful family. He's a good guy. He works on the radio. Where all this uh, COVID-19 stuff happened, Keaton couldn't go to daycare. Scotty couldn't go to work. So every morning, Keaton and Scotty had a radio show in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. So, yeah. you know, I don't get to see him right now very often just because I live in Winnipeg and I have been traveling all over the place, right? And I don't want to bring any bad, you know, I, I'm just kind of, we're just kind of staying put where I am right now. Yeah, for I sure. Really I, I think you guys yeah. are going to have a, you guys will have a ton of great memories. Uh, that is honestly, um, that just warmed my heart so much like you know what a what a you know there's this always you know you can always find a silver lining but you didn't even have to really look this one was just brought to you you know what i mean like it well it, every every single one of them has been brought to me yeah and i still couldn't accept them i still don't want to accept them like i want to accept Keaton, of course yeah i'm his danny he goes to danny <laughs> he goes to danny i want to you know but it's hard to accept blessings from god when all you've ever prayed for is one thing. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to forgive God for is if he had to sacrifice Chad to find a missing girl from my hometown. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. I wanted to, uh, 
you know, I, I don't have a huge voice, but I will, you know, do whatever I can to, you know, spread the word on, on my social media. If there's anything, you guys have posters or anything, if you want to but go the to thing my is, website is that I just or wanna, anything. Yeah, I just want to say this today. I have a hashtag called Find Amber McFarland. I'm looking for a whole bunch of missing girls. There's a whole bunch of missing girls that are on Crown land that people don't allow other people to go search on land. But the thing is, is that it's crown land. That means it's God's land. And I don't think today that God is okay with women, men, children. I have no idea on crown land. And it's crown land and crown water. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, I, and I've been training to be an underwater scuba diver to get my last certification. But the last time that they locked me up because they wouldn't listen to me, they gave me this medication. They drugged me with corridor enough to put out a horse and then I was sexually assaulted and then I got a concussion it gave me a concussion and then I suffered a blood clot and then they wouldn't let me have my bible they wouldn't let me go outside it was cruelty right it's cruelty yeah because I'm just standing our ground they wouldn't let me have water and then they allowed me to be sexually assaulted multiple times multiple times my family went down there and said Aaron Miller needs security outside. My daughter, Aaron Miller, whoever, needs security outside of her door. We're willing to pay for it. They said no. Then they wouldn't let me have a pair of pants. I'm like, what can't I have pants? Well, sometimes, you know, well, I'm not doing that. But I want to protect myself. Then they said to me, do you think maybe you're overreacting because you were raped when you're 14? No, I think I might just know better now that I'm 42. And now that I'm 43, I really know better can't be having that happen to one person especially when the medical profession a psychiatrist has the ability to form for someone under the mental health act again if they feel that they are a harm to themselves or someone else i am no harm to myself i promise you that brady do you believe me i believe you 100 percent. i think that people so who do i who do you think i'm a harm against that is the million dollar question well, and this is the thing is that there's several people that actually need the help. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this right now that when I was in jail, um, there was a couple different times where I got put in segregation for getting in fights or whatever, where you have to go in. It's like being in jail in jail, like you're in your own cell locked up. Well, anyways, well they did that to me. Yeah, well, that's the same. That yeah, so get this. In a, so. In a, in a, there's a guy next to me, okay, because uh, they moved me from where I was and they put me to to the segregation and uh, it's just really loud and you get a lot of people with mental health illnesses out in there and everything and you can't see anybody, you can just hear because you have neighbors banging and everything. So anyways, I'm in there for like 12 days by myself, I'm talking to my neighbor um, and I'm asking him and I, I come to find out that this guy has been in that cell for a year and a half because he cannot... He's not mentally stable enough to be on a regular range with, you know, the general population of the jail. Um, So this guy has been locked in a cell by himself for a year and a half. And he's been on a waiting list for a year and a half to get transferred into a, a, like a, the mental health facility um, for the criminally insane or whatever. It's not that he's totally insane. How about this? But How where, like, you know story? what I mean? They're wasting resources about- on you when there's guys yeah. in jail rotting away yeah. with with no rotting help away. at all. Well, how about this? Is he, is he a First Nation man? He is. Well, guess what? 
my sacred bleeding heart stone that was gifted to me from the Anishinaabe women is sitting at the Victoria Hospital. They won't give it back to me. It's file number 20, EN120. They won't give it back to me. It's in the wrong person's hands. Why is that, you think? They have no idea where it is. They told me they didn't think it was important to me. I said, it's the last thing I was standing there with is my rock and my lighter as you strip me naked. You they strip me naked. Yeah. I'm, you not see? Your, I'm asking for a glass of water. They said, do you think your basket can give drinking water to everyone? Well, yes. My, my, I'm, the white, I'm the white buffalo woman. I'm the white buffalo woman. My name is Looking White Thunderbird Woman. I'm from, I, I come from the Buffalo Clan, and I'm learning how to say it in the Anishinaabe language, but right now, I haven't learned it yet. So I'm just learning more about what that means to be that woman. And my colors, the, the, the most beautiful thing is that my color is yellow. Okay? So my color is yellow, so I get to see like a thunderbird. It means that Chad's spirit came back to me. It was it, it just meant that he wasn't supposed to die of starvation. Nobody it's never God's plan to have someone die of starvation in this world. Yeah. And if a, a Canadian boy dies in US soil of starvation and we can't make a change, small or big, then that's a problem. So oh. I guess we've made it a problem. And that's my file number. And I already know about the humiliation and I've given people more than enough opportunity when they knew better they could have done better and they chose not to because they weren't listening to what i was saying that's the thing i'm sorry to cut you off because i am listening to what you're saying and this is the problem okay is that when you're in that situation and i can speak about it because i've been uh in the psych ward multiple times one time for six months okay so Anybody listening that, you know, is is because you're going to have people that listen and will judge and be like, oh, this, that sounds, no, that's the problem right there. The, and, and the problem lies with the people working there because you're right. They don't listen. They don't, you know, most of them, I can't say everyone because I'm sure there are people that care. I don't want to offend the whole medical community, but I'm saying generally speaking, if you're work, you, you, you get worked up, okay, I can speak for myself. In that situation, I'm worked up. I'm being put in, in a padded room against my will, okay? So one, I'm already pissed off. Anyone's going to be pissed off. I don't care who you are. You're going to no, act but out Brady, of sorts. Brady, listen. Yeah. Brady, can I just interrupt you for one second? Yeah. I didn't get pissed off. I stood my ground. They walked me in there. They already took away my freedom for telling the truth. And now I'm sitting there. And they said, oh, now you have to have medication. I'm asking for a glass of water. I don't have to have medication. And then, honestly, it's so disgusting what they did to me. And and the thing is, Brady, that I know that you, you know, when you were doing drugs, probably, that's probably the right time to take someone off the street and get them some help. I'm not saying that anything that happened to you was good, right, or whatever, but you're still here. Oh, 100%. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight to make sure that there's more resources for you and more rights for you and your cellmate that was in there for a year and a half trying to get a bed at the Victoria Hospital for a psych evaluation, and I'm there for three weeks. And he's a First Nation man. I'm sure he wants to know about the sacred blessed rose today. Hundred percent. So this is the problem. Like I don't know. You know, and this is a thing. So, like, this is a hockey-based podcast, of course, but I don't typically talk a lot about, you know, hockey. We just talk about oh, yeah. life and how it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
life and how it relates to hockey. But, you know, I really, you know, and I'm trying to do stuff for the hockey community with the Puck Support Foundation, and I will. Like, I'm, I'm doing stuff, and I will continue to do it. But I also envision doing something for um, men and women that are getting out of jail because I think about this guy that didn't have the help for a year and a half with no resources and then what he gets released and he's had no rehabilitation um, no anything he's been cooped up in a cell for a year and a half with very little contact he has no money um, nowhere to go yeah what the hell do you think well, you know what, Brady? Brady did I not give you my credit card already yep yeah exactly ridiculous yeah it's... my bodyguard my well my body my bodyguard well you got you you have you know who you should interview next johnny hewitt he's my bodyguard i had to hire him he's a hockey guy a fighter he's you probably even know him he's a cool guy yeah. <laughs> he's my bodyguard so he has that stuff for you yeah do you want to tell people a little bit about that well he he played hockey also but he was the guy that came into uh like let's say there this is how I understand Johnny Hewitt, okay? Is that I know that Chad never got in a fight one time. Not one time. Because there was people like Josh Pache that fought for Chad. For Chad's most, for Chad's whatever, right? It's all part of the plan, right? It's all part of the plan. You, you probably know about that, right? Oh, you play hockey. Yeah. You know about that, right? Uh-huh. So I'm just learning about I'm just learning about this now. I didn't know about all this <laughs> stuff, right? So, John, so Johnny Hewitt's my age. I graduated with John, Johnny Hewitt. We're the same age. And I meet up with him not that long ago, and he tells me the shit show life he's had because of hockey. He ended up on the ground with his hands behind his back, and the police shot him in the back. Wow. That happened to him recently. I was just what the hell. Yeah. So anyways, I, I couldn't think of one better person to be the bodyguard for my basket. He's certainly going to protect me. He's protected every. He's he actually has a medal. I think he said at uh, Justin Trudeau has a medal for him because he saved some people's lives in a ditch when there was a car burning. He went down to the car yeah. and got those people out of the car. Oh wow, that's amazing. yeah. He's been in the news and everything. He's been in the news and everything. So that would be a good guy. To, he's the guy that I gave the puck to. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he has so a puck right now. Yeah. So this he, is the the Chad's last goal puck. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's so cool. And the intro, guys, for people listening, the intro there um, of him scoring a goal—that is his last goal um, in the intro. So, um, and Aaron, you have the puck, and what are you doing with the puck? I'm taking it as far as it can fly, and I gave it to my bodyguard. Right, and this Johnny is, Hewitt. yeah, and he carries it, and it is, uh, it is pretty much representation of, of, of the Miller Strong Foundation and what it, what Chad's legacy and, and how he's gonna, his story and is gonna help people, and ultimately, um, you know, your, I think this is, I think this work. is what I want to say. We don't leave people behind. Anyone that was blessed enough to meet Chad Miller never forgot him. I get messages every day about some cool shit that he did to influence someone else's life. I know about these people. I've seen them in my workplace. I've seen them. I see the person that gives their shirt to make sure somebody doesn't get their shirt. 
and 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 the beautiful story i want to i want to stop like finish my conversation with you about and then you guys can keep on talking but I, all these things that are happening today this is a beautiful blessing so i thank you for everything but i remember chad miller telling the coach that uh, that kid could not sit off for that game and uh yeah and and chad said well if he's not playing i'm not playing and then chad checked us off his jersey and told the guy, let's go get some french fries then. And then that guy, told, no, that guy texted me. That guy texted me. I don't know, like shortly after Chad passed away, he said, you know what? I wasn't feeling very good that day and your son knew about it. And he was willing to lay down his jersey to come count points with me or something. Take points in the stand or something like this. And get french fries with his poutine. <laughs> That's and I awesome. said, did he make the pay for it? And he's like, no, he said, I have my mom's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. <laughs> I wanted, before I forget, I wanted to ask you too, because, um, so uh, going back to Chad and the story um, is he also got charged, him and another player. Um, they got charged yeah. with, with possession of heroin. Um, which, which, I mean, it sounds bad, but listen, for anybody listening, this is just what happens when your body becomes addicted, physically addicted, you need, you need it. So, and and it's not about, you just have it on, you have to have it. Otherwise you can't do anything. And it just, so they ended up a sting operation. There's a Russian goalie, uh, and Chad, uh, they get charged. And how did the team handle that? Well, you know what? I'm going to actually let that be a question to Reed Simpson and Ryan Simpson. Because by this point, I was so out of the fucking loop what was happening. My family was out of the loop what was happening. We really were. I didn't I didn't really know what was happening. Chad, Chad was telling me what he wanted me to hear, but Karen was telling me too, right? All these people were telling me. And and I'll, I'll leave that up to the other guy, the lawyer. That, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but these are people you can interview once. Yeah. My publicist tells you their direct names, but yeah. okay. Um, well, that and that's that's fair enough, Aaron. I just want people to know yeah. that you know. So, Air, uh, Chad and Chad and this other uh, young man were were arrested for heroin possession, uh, and this was the starting goalie. Chad's the best player on the team, uh, best skater. Um, they get charged, um, and the team continues to let them play to the point where other teams uh, were complaining that they weren't suspended. Um, and uh, I'm thinking, sorry, Aaron, just let me finish before, in my opinion, sorry, um, if a, if a couple guys get, uh, heroin possession in junior hockey, uh, or college hockey, um, you really need to start taking a look at why, why do they have heroin? Obviously, um, it started somewhere and they're, they're needing it. And it's just to continue to allow them to, to play. Uh, is completely wrong in my opinion, and I think anybody listening will will agree. You have to put hockey aside. You have to put everything aside and realize um, what's at stake here um, because they could have intervened and they could have saved a life. Um, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. Um, but, but you know what? I'm going to tell you. They did. They did. I'm going to tell you what happened. My mom can speak more on this than I can. But So they went to court. Constantine whatever his last name is, and Chad Miller went to court. We have a lawyer, Constantine's dad. I've never met him yet. 
and we want these kids taken out of the United States of America immediately. But they can't. Can't because they have to. If you get caught with this drug in this country for the first time, this is your penalty. We have to put you through rehabilitation. So they did that. We wanted them back immediately. So it all it, it that worked out, right? But for Chad, he wanted to go back so bad, right? This is where he built his life. He's not making it into the NHL anymore. He's going to call it. But then what happened to him is he got a kidney infection so bad he had a kidney stone. And if you if you read my book, you'll you'll hear about this. And he goes into the emergency department and they put him in the hospital because he's got a really, really bad kidney stone. And he uses Dylan Martin, his best friend. He pretends they're gay. That's what he does. Okay, because he's funny. Chad's a funny guy. Anyone that's listening to this that knows Chad, he's funny. He thinks this is funny. Well, I don't think this is funny at all. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to the nurses. He can't have anything for pain control at all. Not this kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. So, anyways, you know, a couple days, two days later, he got over to the hospital. And two days after that, he scored that last goal. And two days after that, I got... Every parent's worst nightmare. Wow. Those those people were listening, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like I would love to get back to that hospital where he died, and thank them for every single blessing they gave us. Because as he was dying, they knew there was nothing they could do, and as he died, they lowered the American flag at half mast as I could watch it go down. As, he, as I said goodbye to him. And they left that down until he was a successful donor. And then they rose it back up. That's amazing. So uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama were in charge at that time. So I thank you for allowing my son's eyes to be donated in the United States of America. Yeah, Today. that's... Um... Oh man. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. That was a really nice gesture on their part. And, and it's great that they were, they're so kind and, and helpful to you guys in such a tragic, tragic situation. I just, so it's a beautiful blessing. So I thank the Obamas for when they were in charge that at the very least, they recognized that a Canadian boy was being sacrificed by God in the United States of America. Yeah, and I I can't imagine what that fuck, what that must have been like having to go to another country to deal with that shit and, and fuck man I just I don't know. Well, it's not fucking easy. I'll tell you that much. What's that? I'll tell you this much. It's not fucking easy. I'll tell you that much. So all of a sudden, I got to get Keaton now. Keaton, my grandson. We got to get him to be a Canadian citizen also. So now I got to go marching back down there, courtroom to courtroom to courtroom. Someone's got to listen to my story. We need this kid to be not only an American citizen, but a Canadian citizen. Yeah. What happens if something ever happens to Jamie? Yeah. Right? So anyways, he only he lives here. It's awesome. Well, it's amazing. And I'm so proud of you to be able to to keep pressing on. And even through, you know, obviously losing Chad is hard enough. And then having to, to deal with all the bullshit um, to, that you went yeah, through. Like, through. Yeah, this is the other thing I want to ask the professionals of whoever's in charge today. Who forgot that I lost my son? 
And who cares? Whatever, I can do whatever I want. If I want to look for missing girls, I think I could do that. 100%. And I don't think there should be one person that has a problem with that because I know that your girlfriend and you and the mother-in-law that you told me about earlier that I gave, told you I was giving that blessed bracelet to. Yeah. You told me. They don't have any problem with me looking for missing girls on Crown Land. Nope. I'll even, they will even help you. Gladly. There should be more people wanting to do these things. And I, I there are, but there's just not enough. Um. I don't think so. This is the thing, right? You just keep fighting and, and, you know, you obviously went through a lot. Like, holy shit. Um, uh, push you to the to the, the point of a, a mental breakdown, but you got through it. Um, and you didn't well, let what, them, what, but you what, didn't what, let them, you didn't let them also get in your head to just, let you believe that you were having a mental breakdown, if that makes any sense. Listen to this. This is the first time they think I'm having a mental breakdown. When I go to a chiropractor, because my organs are shutting down in 2017, maybe. I forget. I forget now. You have to read my book. It's just a joke. It's honestly just a fucking joke. And I just said to the doctors there, my former colleague that had a problem with me starting a foundation in memory of my son. Here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. <laughs> I like it. Oh, and, and, and still one week later. No one's called me. Everybody knows my phone number. Everybody knows my phone number. Look at my YouTube channel. I got hired by First Nation people talking about water. Free. I did it for free trade. Yeah. Do you know what free trade is? No. Sometimes we have to trade shit for ice. What do you mean? And that's, well, we'll do that on another podcast. Huh. Human rights, man. Oh, is this not a country that was founded upon the principles of God, supremacy, and his rule of order? It's the very first thing in the Constitution of Rights. Sometimes the rule of order changes. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It's supposed to happen. It's what we've been waiting for. Revelation 13. Revelation 13. It's the human beast. Number 666. The Manitoba Legislative Building. It's all built on the number of 666. So, you know. I agree 100%. It's a conversation that we need to have on another day for sure. I need to get this episode to the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I actually have, uh, if there's anything that you want to say, Aaron, before we go, if there's anything, um, any yeah, advice I before that, but if yeah. there's any advice to, to parents that are either dealing with um, grief and loss or dealing with, um, you know, a, a kid in addiction or, or just people that maybe are in, in a dark, dark place right now. What, what, what do you say to those people? Um, I think, I think people are doing the best they can with what they've been given. Sometimes we have been given very little. I know that firsthand. If you read my book, I will explain how you can start rewriting your story when we know better we do better and sometimes you know it's too bad that when you did know better you didn't just know better and so I welcome everyone to the Miller Strong family where everyone is welcome and we don't leave people behind I gifted Brady his uh, Chaz Blast pack 
through Dylan Martin. And uh, I am sending a blessed um, pearl um, gold rose bracelet that has been blessed in Indonesia to Brady's um, daughter eventually. But I think it would be nice to give it to his girlfriend's mother, the person that said it they thought it was okay for you to introduce my, me like that. And uh, that was hard to listen to because, well, it wasn't hard. It was nice to listen to. So I thank you for that. And, you know, the, the puck is with Johnny Hewitt. And uh, I would hope you would interview him tomorrow. And uh, God bless everybody. And um, thank you so much for being a voice and surviving what when you learned about fentanyl and how I learned about it. So I thank you, and we keep moving forward with grace and mercy, with freedom and peace. God bless you all. Thanks so much, Aaron. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you. Um, soon we'll be in contact, uh, hopefully more frequently. You know, give me a call or text anytime. Um, can't wait to finally meet you in person. Thank you so much for all the advocacy work you're doing, for, for speaking up and having a voice for Chad and sharing his story so bravely because I, I know it's not easy for you. Um, and I truly, truly appreciate your time and, and coming on here and sharing the story with uh, all of the listeners. Oh, of can Hockey I say Aaron one more thing? Road to recovery. Of course you can. My, my dad is probably going to appreciate this more than you know because when I told my dad that feels blurry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told my dad. Huh. And I said, oh, there's this Doug Gilmore guy. And my dad said, Doug Gilmore's on that committee too? And I said, yeah, do you know him? And my dad said, no. And I said, should I know him? And my dad said, well, he was the best whatever. And then my dad gives me his jersey. I'm like, how do you have his jersey? He's just one of the, some sort of golf tournament. I'm like, oh. So I don't know these people. I don't know them. Because Chad knew them. Right? Chad Hardy with these guys. In Chicago, he was just awesome. He party was program at this Vino's uh, bar or something like that. Awesome, awesome. They'll remember him. They'll remember him. <laughs> he was even with that guy that sings all summer long. Who's that guy? Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Chad was with Kid Rock. Oh, Kid Rock. Yes, that's right. I think actually, some someone told me that they were together on the oh, night awesome. that Kid Rock. Left, well, I don't know whose responsibility it was the Stanley Cup that night, but there's a Stanley Cup on the beach. I think Chad was there that night. Yeah, I think he was there that night. That's, That's what amazing. I heard. I don't know. Chad didn't tell me. He didn't tell me that happened. So I'm curious if it really did happen. Maybe somebody, uh, maybe somebody out there listening can uh, reaffirm that for us. <laughs> so if he was there protecting the Stanley Cup. I'm honored to give you Brady the new Stanley Cup. Thank you for listening to the Miller Strong story. And, uh, you know, we'll just do the best we can with what we've been given every day. That's it. That's it. That's it. Get a little bit better every day. Yeah. Thank you so much, Aaron. God bless you. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Guys... That's Aaron Miller, episode 38, Hockey to Heroin, Road to Recovery. Thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on here, sharing the story so bravely. 
Um, this was a hard one for me. My mind was everywhere. I was having a very hard time focusing um, because I could not stop thinking how lucky I am that I'm still alive. All I could think about was my dad and my mom. If they had to tell my story, like Aaron just was talking about Chad and, and all the things that Aaron went through, um, being formed forward, um, being thrown in the psych ward, like that is not an easy thing and people make you feel like you're crazy and going through that, um, sometimes you can feel like you are going crazy and I just hope that everybody listens um, with an open heart and no judgment because things change very quickly. Things can happen and we can find ourselves in the situations that others are in that, we're, that we were looking down on them for and uh, I'm certainly one of those people. Um, I'll talk about it more on a, on a later podcast but just to touch on it briefly now is you know I used to look down at addicts and be like they're weak just get a job just stop it's not that easy it's not that easy but it can be done there's always hope guys thank you so much for listening this episode was proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, head over to teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Uh, I got, I'm Team Issued head to toe again. I got my red Team Issued snapback on. Team Issued sweats. Team Issued hoodie. Team Issued t-shirt. I have flip-flops on. Otherwise, I'd have Team Issued socks on too. Um, they got kids gear, women's gear. Uh, they even have face masks. Guys, head over to teamissued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Uh, guys, please follow me anywhere on social media at hockey to heroin Please subscribe wherever you're listening. And please, please, please rate and review it really makes a huge difference uh, for me to get exposure um, please rate honestly if you didn't like it give me low stars if you like it give me lots of stars um, and if you liked it please share it with your friends and family um, but if you didn't don't if you don't like it don't share it <laughs> that's what I say guys uh, if you're um, suffering right now with mental health addiction uh, any of it guys reach out please reach out don't give up there's so much help out there there's so much hope I know it doesn't feel like it fuck I had given up I had no hope and now I have tons of hope so thank you guys thank you so much to Aaron Miller thank you guys so much for listening I hope you heard something that you know and teach you something or help you know guide you in the right direction let's make those right choices it's all about making right choice after right choice after right choice and if we make a mistake picking ourselves up dusting ourselves off getting back out there and doing 
better than we did yesterday. So remember, guys, have a great day if you so choose. Wow. Stuff to be here. I, I'm sorry. I don't have one. Okay. I'm Miller Strong now. This song is going to be sung by Lucian Spence. He's a well-known Canadian country singer. Just a few things about him. He's been in Nashville. I've been there with him. Memphis. He won the Manitoba Country Music Competition all the way to Dauphin. And I'm proud to be his partner in the music business. And it's called Mama, I Adore You. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucy and Spence, as soon as he gets his glasses on. Are you okay? And you know what? I hold the words here. I, I believe he knows the song, but I'll just hold it here.
other song that you wrote. I know you wrote it and I know you play it because I have your CD and I listen. You know how Lori was saying that she listened to Paul Shepard's song all the time? You know what song I listen to all the time? Giving Up is Easy. So when Lori was talking today about what Paul Shepard on her toughest days and still has tough days and all those kinds of things, she listens to someone like Paul Shepard that volunteered you. You, you talked about that tonight. So same thing as I I was listening to your song that my friend Dave Rogers wrote, and I thank you. And if you would play that for us, that would be awesome. Thank you. Giving up is easy. Being strong is super hard and super easy. So God bless us all. Have a good night. Thank you.
coming out everybody that's it we just want to give a special thanks to everybody who helped tonight and a special thanks to Irvin from clear light sound for capturing this magic here tonight he'll have it videotaped make sure you put your emails on the cards on the table if you would please and uh, thanks to all the helpers have a great evening <laughs>